What's up, everybody? We're going to let everybody uh, come in here. Um, it is Tuesday evening, uh, 7 o'clock. This is a live Q&A show where uh, we get Dr. Rogers on here, and we we talk to him about some, some health and wellness uh, questions. Uh, hello, hello. Uh, if you're with us, say hello. Linda, how are you? Uh, great to see you. Hope your pickleball game is... Uh, improving uh, rapidly, as is mine. I've been, I've been practicing. Um, everybody, hope everybody's doing well. We got a really, really great show. Jessica, what's going on? Um, if you're with us live, uh, say hello. Uh, we're going to be taking questions, uh, as always. Uh, the live questions, um, the second half of the show, so the last 15, 20 minutes. Tracy, good evening to you. Uh, hope you're well. Hope everybody is having a, a, a wonderful Tuesday, uh, a wonderful week so far. And Lauren, how's everybody doing? Hope everybody is is wonderful. Kathy, how's it going? Good evening. Um, really pumped about uh, about these shows. We're, man, we're having so much fun with it. Uh, to to be completely frank, Doctor Rogers has no idea what the questions are before they they come on. So it's kind of fun to um, to to hear him impromptu. Uh, kind of work these things out very similar to what you might see with him or uh, another performance medicine provider in a in a room. Deborah, good afternoon. Barbara, how you doing? Um, hope everybody's doing great. Um, we're going to let a few more people come in and uh, we're going to get started. Um, as always, we start with the the um, questions that that come over uh, during the course of the week, um, either through email. Uh, people email those at info at performancemedicine.net. Um, happy to see those come through, uh, as well as those on Instagram. Uh, we get some direct messages there with questions, Facebook, all the different channels. Uh, we're uh, pumped to, to get your, your question on the show. Um, I've, I've missed a few over the last few weeks, so I, I do apologize uh, for missing those, but they do eventually get on. Um, We've got a great question that I, that I missed last week that's going to be on tonight's show. I hope they're, I hope they're, they're watching. Um, uh, so I do eventually get to them. So, so thank you for, for patience there. Carolyn, how's it going? Hope you are well. Hope to see you soon. Um, okay, let's, let's go ahead and bring, bring Doc in. Hey. Hey, Ben. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Good to see you. Um, as as everybody knows, this is this is uh, we, uh, Dr. Roger and I don't get a, a lot of time throughout the day to talk. So this is our uh, we've had one more conversation. We had, had a conversation earlier on uh, this afternoon. But uh, I hope your day was was good. Did you did you at least get a walk in between between things? Uh, yeah, I always try to get a 20, 30 minute walk in to lunch between you know the patients morning and afternoon. So I did get a walk. There you go. Um, so I did, it rained, so I had to go to Ernie and I had to go to the mall to walk. So, <laughs> no, you didn't. But we did a mall walk. We actually became members of the mall walker society today. So. I, 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 you kind of feel old, you know, I mean, when you're walking in the mall at lunchtime, I do not believe for one second you, you walked in the mall today. I promise you I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I remember when. Um, that was definitely a thing. I know, uh, my grandparents, your gra your parents, um, were, were mall walkers and, uh, it always kind of uh, yeah. amazed me how, how, uh, how fast mall walkers are. <laughs> they, they go fast. Yeah. 
Um, okay. You ready to get into the show? Yeah. All right. Here we go. First question is, uh, this is one we, we, a consistent one, and I'm sure it's kind of uh, changing uh, over the course of, of the, the pandemic. Uh, how's the COVID shot working at prevented COVID, uh, preventing COVID infections? Well, apparently it's not working too well. Um, you know, all the, how many Americans have gotten the shot? 70% of adults have had at least one shot. And um, now we're having this new spike. So apparently it's not working too well. Look at all the, the people that have had COVID, the millions and millions of people. I think definitely 39 million have had documented COVID, probably twice that many really had it and never knew it. So, and what, 170 million plus have had the shot. And yet I'm treating COVID every day, um, you know, by the telephone. Uh, so apparently it's not working too great. Now, is it working to prevent hospitalizations or deaths? I don't know. That's what they say, but um, I have a hard time believing a lot of stats that are shot out there. So I know it's not working that great for preventing COVID infections. As a matter of fact, they've told you from the very get-go that it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. Um, it just doesn't do it. But, and I've had I've treated many who have had the, the vaccine already. They call it a breakthrough um, case, and they're multiple. So um, my own opinion is the COVID shot's not working great, you know. But, uh, you know, again, we're seeing more hospitalizations uh, and lots to be seen so far. Like I've told you before, this is an ever-evolving story. It's unfolding in real time, and we're learning more every day about it. So, um, you know, half of what they, the government has told us and the CDC and Dr. Fauci um, has been clear shot wrong. So, you know, I don't know if they just make it up to, because they want you to get the shot. I don't know. But um, no, in my opinion, the COVID shot's not working real great. <laughs> so bottom line for me. All right, let's go to this next one here, and this is a, a little bit of a longer question, so I'm going to put this, I'm going to put kind of the gist of it here, and then I'll, I'll read the actual question uh, that came in um, over email here. Excuse me, guys, I'm going to see what um, I got here. Okay, so the question is, uh, my question, the full question is, my question deals with COVID-19 and COVID-19 Delta variant. I am 42, have had cirrhotic arthritis since I was younger, I had a TNF inhibitor, Humira. Um, I had thyroid cancer when I was 30, but was uh, totally removed. So I now take Synthroid and, and Humira, which controls my arthritis. Um, I have read many articles stating that this might be a protector in getting the inflammatory part of COVID, uh, meaning it prevents the cytokine storm. I've also read that in these studies, uh, some people taking these w were less likely to end up in the hospital. Um, have you, have you seen, have you seen or treated anybody that, uh, that you're seeing this with? Um, and I'll go ahead and let you answer that and then I'll get to the second part. Um, there's a second part. <laughs> there is a second part. It's a long first part. Um, you know, definitely if you have, if you don't have a thyroid, you need to take thyroid medication. I mean, that'll definitely help your immunity. You have to have a thyroid. So, um, Humira, um, you know, as one of the biologics, um, 
And I mean, it may protect you. It may help protect you just like um, Plaquenil does. Hydroxychloroquine uh, can protect you kind of because it keeps inflammation down. So I haven't heard, seen any evidence of that, but theoretically, um, you know, some of these people with autoimmune diseases uh, that are already on some of the, the anti-inflammatories um, seem to get it less. We certainly treat COVID with hydroxychloroquine and some other off-label drugs, uh, ivermectin, we use a lot more of. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could see where it would. Um, is the Delta variant the same as COVID-19? Yeah, it's definitely COVID-19. It's just another mutant gene. That's what viruses do. It's probably just about 3% different than uh, the alpha variant. So um, it's reported to be more transmissible, uh, but no more deadly than the other. But it may be more transmissible. That's what they're saying. Um, you know, but who knows if that's correct or not. Um, should I consider getting the vaccine? I wouldn't, you know, um, if you have an autoimmune disease, you may, you may kind of, uh, be a little more likely to have a reaction against the vaccine. But, um, again, I, I think it should be your own personal choice if you get the vaccine or not. If you're scared to death of getting it, um, then take it and take your chances. Um, will you get sicker with the vaccine or the actual disease? Um, well, anything COVID can, can cause the vaccine can cause maybe it, it may be less deadly. Um, although there certainly have been thousands that have died from the vaccine, no doubt about it. Um, so it's been documented. So it's probably, uh, a lot more that have died actually from the vaccine than they're reporting. Um, there's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, so, um, you know, uh, my thing is you should take your vitamins and, you know, use your, you know, your hygienic measures to not try to catch the vaccine like you would do anything. You mean the, the disease you flu? the disease. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a virus, so it is transmittable. So take your high dose vitamins, especially D, C and zinc. And, um, those are the main ones or some other ones, but, um, try not to get around anybody that's sick. If you're sick, stay inside, you can spread it. Um, so I don't know, you know, and if you, the thing about it, it is a treatable disease. So if you get COVID treat early, and uh, avoid hospitalization. Don't just sit around thinking, if I can't breathe, turn blue, I'm going to go to the hospital. Call a doctor who treats this early and, you know, hope for the best. But I'm not against you taking the, the vaccine. It's like you shouldn't be against me not taking the vaccine. Uh, part of the, the other part of the question is about, you know, could the vaccine cause autoimmune diseases to develop? Um, I know you've talked a little bit about how... Um, it can uh, maybe enhance the, the autoimmune disease. Is that kind of what your take has been? Well, again, a lot of this is unknown, but there is a theory that um, I listened to a, a, an infectious disease doctor uh, talk this weekend in Germany, and he was he's a very um, renowned doctor over there. And 
he was one of these guys that is not for the vaccine. Um, and he was saying that, um, you know, we're just not sure what it could do to you long term because it creates every cell in your body to uh, create these spike proteins, uh, even in places where you don't need them. Um, and those spike proteins, they kind of are going to line the your endothelium, which is the innermost layer of your blood vessels and cause clotting. You know, we know COVID and the vaccine can cause bleeding disorders and um, clotting problems. So, but his interesting theory, which I've heard spoken of many times, is that this spike protein that, that is created in every cell of your body to protect you when uh, another COVID or coronavirus uh, comes down the pike may actually um, overreact. I mean, we know a common cold is a coronavirus. So there, theoretically, um, if you get a cold, it could activate an over... Um, emphasis on turning on your immune system and it gets turned on too much and you get that cytokine storm and it can destroy your lungs. So um, that's a theory. I mean, you know, this thing's been, hasn't been around long enough for us to know that yet. Um, but, you know, you have all these smart people that develop the vaccine. You got a lot of smart people that are, that are, kind of posing questions about what it could do in the future to you. So, um, you know, keep your immune system healthy. I mean, God gave you a great immune system. Just try to keep it healthy by not getting obese, by eating good foods, natural foods, take your vitamins, get sunshine, get sleep, get rest. And if somebody's sick, don't get around them, you know, um, so that's, I guess that's as good as answer as I can give you. Um, it's an individual choice on whether or not you should get the vaccine or not. Um, like I say, I'm not against, you know, everybody, you know, certain people may do better with the vaccine, um, but um, some people don't want to get it and they should have the right not to get it. And uh, if, if you do get COVID, um, which we're treating every day. I mean, well, my last four patients of the day were, were COVID patients. And a couple of them calling me for prevention measures, which certainly you can use prophylactic ivermectin. I've been doing it for a year now. And um, it's safe, works. It's a once a week, small dose. It's not going to hurt you. Um, it's off label, but, um, you know, I certainly think it's probably a lot of evidence that it works. So, uh, so that's my answer on that. All right. Long-winded answer to a difficult question. All right. Thank you for that. And um, the next one here is a, a, about keeping your immune system strong. The first part is in the winter, I was receiving the vitamin D booster injection, 50,000 IUs, and that is correct. It is 50,000 IUs. Um, I take 10 to 12,000 IUs orally daily all year. And then the second part is since it's been summer, you know, lots of sun, I have stopped doing my booster D injection. Is that what I should be doing or should I still get the D shot once a month? What's your thoughts on this? This is a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, it's true that you get your best vitamin D through the sun. Um, so a lot of people do that. They take that strategy. They take vitamin D injections during the winter months or when they get sick. Um, so 
you know, you can, the best way to know what your levels are, just getting a blood count and seeing what your levels are. I like to see it in the 60 to 80 range, a hundred, certainly fine. Um, but so check your levels, you know, check them in the, in the summer, check them in the winter and, and see what they are. I'm certainly in, you know, if you want to, um, boost your immune system because of the, this, the Delta virus, maybe going around, I certainly have nothing against it. Um, but, uh, I take 10,000 units of D with K every day and my levels are, are good. So I think that has a pretty good protective effect against COVID. So, um, I, think I still think they ought to be giving out vitamin D, you know, and emphasizing that over about anything they're doing with COVID. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, part of this question is about can can they take too much? Um, so you could theoretically get too much. That'd be really unusual, very rare. Um, but if you if you have a history or predisposition to kidney stones, um, you could get your level so high that you could precipitate a kidney stone. So, um you know, overdoses of vitamin D are, are rare as hen's teeth, so it's rare. The only cases I've really heard of being seriously ill was with uh, young kids who their parents thought that uh, they were supposed to get one drop of vitamin D on their tongue, and, and they used a whole dropper full for months, and their levels just got out the roof. They got pretty sick with it. But the average adult uh, would have a hard time overdosing on that. Um, even if those are fat soluble vitamins. So, um, but yeah. All right. So either get your levels checked, bottom line, get your levels checked. Want them between 60 and 80 and a hundred is not, not a bad thing. Yeah. All right. Next question. How long should you give vitamins and supplements to start working? Um, obviously the longer you take them, the better they work, but I think they work from day one. I mean, just start taking them. If you get sick, take some pretty high doses, like with COVID or any sore throat, or you start to get sick, runny nose, immediately take 50,000 a day for three to five days. Double your C, and uh, you should always be taking a little zinc anyway. So um, I think they start working immediately. You may have to take a higher dose. That's why a lot of times when Somebody comes into my office and I check everybody's vitamin D levels. Um, if they're really low, I'll go ahead and give them 50,000 shot of D3, not D2, D3, and um, then put them on a daily dose, get them boosted a little bit because the shots work a little quicker. All right. Thank you for that question. We are um, working through the, the question that came out uh, throughout the week. Again, if you have a question for Dr. Rogers tonight, um, go ahead and put that in the in the comments. We're going to uh, get to those here in a minute. Uh, this one is about hair loss. Uh, is there anything you could do for female hair loss? Hormones have been checked and came back fine. Was on migraine medication called Trokindi. Losing hair by the handfuls as I shower. Um, so what's your thoughts on that? Is there th anything that they can do? Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do for hair loss, especially in females. But if you start taking Trokindi and it caused hair loss, you know, stop it and see. That was it because certainly medications can cause it um but you know when you look at your hormones in general hair loves estrogen it's not too fond of testosterone so especially if you're converting your testosterone to dihydrotestosterone dht so make sure your hormones may look normal but they may not have checked a dht level hmm. and certainly look at your thyroid 
you know, low thyroid causes hair loss. Um, high cortisol causes hair loss. Um, stress causes hair loss. Hair grows in cycles. So usually like the stressful event may have taken place a month or two earlier and boom, your hair comes out two months later. But with females, there's a lot of stuff you can do for it. Um, and it usually comes back, but you need to get a good blood test to rule out anything. Also, if your iron levels are really low, you can lose hair that way. So we check a ferritin level for that. Anemia can cause hair loss. Um, so it may be one of many things. And of course you can get on biotin, um, which is a B vitamin. Uh, you know, you can, if your DHT's uh, high, you can take uh, low dose finasteride. Um, you can also take saw palmetto, which is kind of a, a natural way to block DHT. Um, so there, there's a lot of stuff you can do. Um, to bring your hair back and force comes to worse. We do a lot of PRP injections in the scalp to bring it back. Seems to work really well. Um, that's where we draw your blood. We spin it down and get the platelet rich plasma off of it, which has these growth factors in it. And, uh, they, they grow hair pretty good. So, you know, get a workup for it, and, you know, and, uh, right. so it is, it is, it does help. All right. Thank you for that. Next question is, a lot of media are blaming this Delta variant rise in cases on the unvaccinated. Does the swab test test for which variant you have? If the vaccinated are still getting the Delta variant, why the push to get the vaccine? Um, well, the swab does not differentiate the variant, which one it is for sure. Um, that has to be a special serologic test that you can get. I they may test for at the hospital, but it's not routine for sure. And you're not going to be able to get it at any office. That's for sure. Um, so why are they, I mean, it is true that, you know, um, the Delta is the one that's, you know, these viruses mutate. That's what they do. And the Delta is the one that is probably causing about 80% of the uh, COVID that we're seeing right now, if you believe it, you know, I guess it's true, but um and there, yeah, there are blaming on the unvaccinated, those heretic, terrible, unvaccinated people. Uh, <laughs> in other words, those healthy people that are probably smarter than your average person who've done their own research and uh, realize that they don't want to take the chance of the vaccine when they're perfectly healthy and they're smart. They can stay away from sick people and um, take their vitamins and you know, realize that there is treatment for COVID. So, um, but yeah, they're blaming it on the unvaccinated people. And yet look at all the people we vaccinated and look how, how, how it's surging. And, you know, and that, why is that? I mean, that's well, just crazy. It may be more prevalent in areas that are unvaccinated more, but, um, you know, again, decide on your own. You, you can't force it on everybody because, you know, some people have some pretty severe reactions to it. Um, and they can just feel horrible. So I'm just hoping they don't mandate the vaccine. They may, I mean, just like mask. I mean, they're, they're thinking about bringing back mask everywhere. Um, fortunately where we live in Tennessee that you don't have to do that. Um, and I don't have, I don't blame you for wearing the mask and you shouldn't blame other people that don't wear the mask, unless they're sick, they should have a mask and stay away. Use common sense. If you're sick, 
don't go to school, don't go to your work, you know, um, if you're sneezing, running a fever, sick, get a COVID test and stay away. Use your common sense. And hopefully we'll develop some of this herd immunity uh, through natural infection and, and maybe the vaccine. I don't think the vaccine is going to last as long as the natural infection itself. But, you know, uh, they won't tell you that. They're, they're pushing for people that have already had COVID to get vaccinated, which to me is ridiculous. Um, because you probably have lifelong immunity um, from COVID if, you, if you've had COVID. Um, the vaccine, not so much, um, they don't think so. But again, this is an unfolding story. Um, so use your brains, your, use your common sense and uh, think it out. Uh, and you may want to get the vaccine, you may not. Certain groups may should get the vaccine because their chance of dying with COVID may be better than their chance of dying from the vaccine. But, um, you know, and elderly people, morbidly obese people, diabetics, people that work or live in nursing homes, um, you know, I saw somebody sent me, I think it was Kelly that sent me this um, picture that was in the paper of these nurses in Houston. And they were kind of protesting because they'd been fired from their job because they refused to get the vaccine. And their poster said, um, last year's heroes uh, worked in the COVID units um, without the vaccine. This year's unemployed. Um, so they, they go from hero to goat, but, um, so, you know, it's kind of shameful, really. What, what's your thought on the, the newly vaccinated? Are they covered for the variant? Um, any thoughts on that real quick? And then we're going to move on. The newly vaccinated, do they cover the variant? So wouldn't the newly vaccinated then also not be covered for the variant? Um, nobody really knows. I hope they are, you know, I mean, you know, again, that, the Delta variant is only 3% different than the Alpha or any other variant. So I'm hoping there's cross-reactivity. I'm treating uh, COVID just like I did last year with the same medications, um, you know, and high-dose vitamins and uh, quickly. And sometimes monoclonal antibodies, those are very underutilized. It's kind of a hassle to go in and get the infusion and you have to qualify for it. But um, we've certainly seen a lot of people for it for them and they seem to turn around pretty quickly. Um, but again, early treatment, you can't wait, you know? Mm. All right, this came in from the office. Thank you for, for that and passing that on guys. Um, should I be taking my, <laughs> I'm gonna mess this up, I know it's NAC. Um, uh, NAC prophylactically, uh, or is it just part of the, the COVID regimen if you test positive? And you might want to pronounce that for us. Uh, yeah, inositol cysteine. Yeah, that's something I take every day. It's really a precursor to um, uh, to, to glutathione, which is a, it's the most potent antioxidant we have. And certainly it's a great medicine to take, especially right now with all the COVID going around. So knack, get some knack. Um, I treat a lot of long haulers with knack as well. But yeah, I mean, I've been taking knack for a long time. Cause I want to boost my glutathione levels. Uh, so is there, is there a certain age you recommend that? Or is that like a, you know, once you hit 40 or um, any adult, I think any adult should uh, take NAC, um, if, especially 
they want to stay healthy or if they're stressed, you know, and if they're exposed to a lot of stuff around a lot of people, um, are they immunocompromised? It's a great little thing to take. All right. I probably don't emphasize it enough, but certainly on my recommended vitamins that I take. All right, and we're going to go on to the next question. Uh, guys, if, if you're with us live and have a question for Dr. Rogers, go ahead and put that in. We're going to uh, get to the comments here in a second. We certainly appreciate you guys hanging out with us on this Tuesday evening. Um, this next question I, I, I've kind of seen you know, through the comments throughout the show. A lot of people are, are concerned about the uh, kids. Um, obviously, I, I think we all are. Um, should we be more concerned about the Delta variant with our children? It is my understanding that the pediatric hospitals are getting full with some on ventilators. And I've seen, uh, just so you know, Dr. Rogers, there are a few people who um, are asking similar questions in the comments and are live with us right now. So uh, so this is a very important question. I've, I've heard this from a number of different sources. Uh, I, I think Nicewanger is... is um, uh, uh, starting to talk about how um, kids are 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 uh, in the hospitals with this. What's your what's your thoughts? Do you know anything about this? Um, you know, I don't work on the in the hospital, especially in the pediatric wards. But um, yeah, the Delta variant is just the most common variant. It may be more contagious, but not more deadly. Um, I don't know if there's more kids. It's going to be it's an unfolding story. Um, I certainly hope that you know the kids. Uh, aren't being put on ventilators for this. That, that's, if they are, I assume they have some pre, pretty pre-existing conditions. Of course, uh, you know, at least half to two-thirds of our kids are obese, so that's certainly something parents need to think about. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's concerning, but um, with kids, um, up until now, unless something changes, uh, there's a 99.997 uh, survival rate with kids that get COVID. Kids don't get it too bad. It's usually a mild cold, like a lot less than the flu. And kids don't t seem to transmit it as much as adults do either. But certainly if your kid's sick, keep them home and get them tested. Um, make sure that your kid has a good vitamin D level. Um, so I don't know. I, I sure hope that our kids aren't uh, ending up on ventilators with this, um, you know, but it, it's an unfolding story. Um, and, and so if you have kids, if you have kids, make sure they're, they're not around a lot of other sick kids. You know, if kids aren't sick, they're not going to transmit this virus, in my opinion. And that, that kind of leads us to this next question about, you know, what is the best way to protect young children? Uh, should they be wearing masks at school, um, even even if they're not required? Is that something that um, that you would recommend? No, I wouldn't recommend it for kids. I think it's more harm than good. Um, you know, there's there's so much paranoia and learning uh, problems with these kids. Especially wearing a, a mask just makes it worse, in my opinion. The bottom line is, if your kid's sick, don't bring them to school. Just don't bring them to school. I don't think they should wear a mask. You know, if I had young kids now, I'd just homeschool them. If they make you wear a mask, and you know, it's just a terrible thing. There's been so many increased incidents of suicides, mental illness, anxiety. It's over half the kids suffered from anxiety and depression. Um, the rates of suicides went out the roof. So um, I wouldn't. I don't think kids should have to wear a mask. 
personally. Again, this is my own opinion. You know, you're tuning in here, so you're going to get my opinion, whether you like it or not. You know, I don't care. I'm going to give you my opinion, and that's it. You can take it or leave it. Uh, well, well, that does it for for the questions that that came in during the week, and we, we really do appreciate those guys. Um, it it makes this night so much fun for us. If you if you have a question and want that to be featured uh, on the first part of our show, email uh, info at performancemedicine.net, or you can just direct message us on any of the social channels. Uh, we comb through those all week long, looking for these questions. Um, let's see where we got here. We're going to go to the comments, guys. So if you have have a question for for Doc, go ahead and put it in, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, get to you. And I'm just gonna put this up real quick because uh, I do believe you were walking in your Yeezys today. If if you were uh, in the in the <laughs> mall, um, probably the only one in the mall with with Yeezys on would be my guess. Um, well, yeah, Yeezys are they're not as comfortable as I thought they'd be. So <laughs> I may have bought my first and last pair of Yeezys. You know, so. Uh, I, for one, <laughs> you know, I don't know that you know that Yeezys are, uh, it's a Kanye West shoe, and, and uh, Kanye West is coming out with a, a new album. Um, I'm kind of excited about it. I, I've been I've been following along. Um, so, as neither is he, he a rapper? Is he a rapper, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like gonna, rock and roll. I don't like rap much. Okay, so so we're going to get to the, the questions here. Uh, Candy asks, what do you think about taking iodine with Hashimoto's disease? If so, do you carry it in the JC office? Shout out to the JC office. I see Rachel and, and Katie's in here. Uh, shout out to the Johnson City office. Um, you know, I've seen iodine overdosed in Hashimoto's. I think first, you know, if you do have Hashimoto's, you should get a, a baseline thyroid ultrasound because theoretically if you have a nodule there, that suspicious iodine could make it worse possibly. I've seen that a couple of times. Um, you know, a little bit of iodine is probably help about anybody. About 80% of us are deficient in it, but 20% uh, may have a little too much unusual. But um, I would check an iodine level. We don't carry iodine in the, in the offices, but you can certainly get it at one of the natural health food stores or uh, some drug stores. But... Um, and Lugol solution is the one I prefer. It's got iodine and iodide. You need both. Um, so I'm not against taking it, but certainly if you start taking it, you start getting a, a sore thyroid or pain in your neck. And, you know, you might want to think twice. So I, I usually check a, a urine spot iodine test to see if you've got uh, too much or too little, mostly too little or normal. But um so get it checked out before you start just taking indiscriminately. Or if you do take a low dose of it, um, great question. Thank you great for that question. question. The, the iodine thing is a really is a really interesting uh, topic and, and one we're, we're going to probably talk more about. So thank you for that question. Maybe I should do a podcast on that. Yeah, put that on my podcast list. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that for sure. Uh, Kathy here has a few questions um, about uh, kind of a follow-up to you know, children with, with the Delta variant. Um, I think the gist here is, and let me know, Kathy, if I'm, if I'm off here, what are the symptoms with the variant and should kids wear masks right now in school? Um, no, you've, you've kind of answered the mask question. Um, any symptoms that you know of? I know you don't, you don't treat kids, but, um, uh, 
Well, I do treat some kids, but just not babies. But um, yeah, I hate to hear that. You know, I hate to hear yeah. any kid that's on a ventilator. Um, I mean, the symptoms with a variant are the same as the symptoms with any COVID. Um, usually they're not worse than the alpha. They just get sick. They have a flu-like illness and have fever, headache, um, a lot of GI symptoms too. Sometimes just the GI symptoms. So in my opinion, if anybody gets sick now, um, they should have a COVID test to see what you're dealing with. Again, the earlier, the better. Um, but, uh, you know, I hate to hear that a child is on the ventilator with COVID and yeah. I don't doubt it at all. Um, COVID's a bad illness. It's killed a lot of people. Um, it's not a hoax. It's a real thing. Um, so keep your kids healthy. Make sure they're eating right, getting their sleep. And that, um, you know, they're staying away from other sick kids. Um, you know, because as you, you know, as you know, during the school year, more people get sick because these, these kids get contagious with different things with snotty noses and all. Um, they've been purported not to transmit the, the COVID virus as, as easily as adults do. But supposedly the, the, uh, the Delta variant is more contagious than, uh, you know, the Alpha variant and some of the other mutations. So, um, and, you know, with kids... You have to really be careful with kids because their airways are smaller and they're likely to get sicker quicker than adults, in my opinion. You know, so uh, that's why you need to definitely contact your pediatrician. And um, fortunately, we do have a pediatric emergency room now at Niswangers, and it's excellent. Um, so any questions, get your kid checked for COVID. Make sure they're vitamin D levels are adequate. Um, I don't think unless people are sick, they need masks, you know, especially kids, but, um, that's controversial. So, um, how, how would you treat a child if they, if they get COVID or the Delta variant, uh, just real quick and we'll, we'll move to the next one. Um, well, um, you know, again, I wouldn't treat a, a very young kid with, uh, uh, medicines that I don't treat kids with. So, you know, if they're, certainly if they're teenagers, I would use the, the, vari the variation that I use of Zithromax, Ivermectin, high-dose vitamins, sometimes steroids, sometimes in, uh, inhaled steroids, bronchodilators, um, you know, but uh, these young kids that are, you know, under five or six years old, um, you need to be seen by a pediatrician. All right, we're going to go to the next one here. Thank you for that, Kathy. Thank you. That's a great question. Um, let's get to Vicky's here. Digest Shield question. Um, shout out to Digest Shield. Uh, can you open a Digest Shield capsule and put it in applesauce or yogurt? Or yogurt? I have tr trouble swallowing the pill, or must you swallow the capsule? Yeah, you can. You can definitely do that. You can do that. Cool. Um, if if your stomach gets upset, don't do it. But I, you can. You can do it. So. Um, just make sure you mix it with something like applesauce or something like that, something in it. So All right. great question. Yeah, Nobody's a, ever asked me that before. That's a really good one. I, I honestly didn't know. I didn't know the answer to that at all. So, uh, so Vicki, thank you for that, uh, which kind of goes to show guys, your questions, uh, help a, a lot more people than you think. Um, some of these questions, uh, 
we don't even think of and, and, uh, and end up being kind of a light bulb moment. So thank you for that, Biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe see. they named the Bowman Gray School of Medicine after her. Is that, is that possible? <laughs> is there some connection there? It's a great medical school. Um, all right, here, let's go to, to Carolyn. Shout out to Carolyn. How you doing? So glad you're here. Uh, Dr. Raj, I believe earlier you were about to address the issue of those who have had COVID and their immunity. Um, we've talked a little bit about this. What's the latest research professional opinion about this? Oh yeah. Well, you know, again, from everything that I've read, um, if you've had the real disease, that's the best thing you can do for immunity. Um, you know, how long it lasts, we're not exactly sure yet. The experts, this is, a, this is an unfolding story, but theoretically those, um, those cells migrate to your bone marrow. And when you're exposed again, it sends protective factors out to, to, um, cover you. But, um, certainly, um, I think it's going to be better than the vaccine at, at long uh, lasting immunity, but nobody's a hundred percent sure about that. Um, you know, that the T cell immunity that, um, the natural disease has, um, offers better protection than the B cell immunity. And, and you don't really get a lot of T cell immunity. I don't think from the vaccines. And again, uh, when I say the natural virus, this isn't a natural virus anyway. I mean, there's so much unknown stuff about it. Um, some people, including me, think it came out of a lab and it was man-made, enhanced. So, um, you know, uh, a lot of unknown stuff about it. Um, so, uh, you know, while they're pushing it on people that have had the vaccine or had the disease while they're pushing the vaccine on them, I don't know. Do- to go to Dr. McCullough's, uh, some of his research on it. And, you know, he, he's, um, you know, uh, an academician and uh, has done a lot of research papers and things. He's a cardiologist down at Baylor who is one of those frontline COVID treating doctors. Uh, go to some of his stuff. Um, he's, a, he's an authoritarian on this. He really is. And he's very believable. So look at if you're, you know, wanting to do a deeper dive go to Dr. McCullough's site and uh, uh, look at some of his stuff on, uh, on that subject. All right. Thank Great you. Question. For, thank you for that, Carolyn. Uh, Jessica here. I uh, hope Jessica's doing wonderful uh, today. Uh, Jessica asks, what is your opinion of taking a break from supplements and for how long? Great question. I think it's a good idea. Personally, I do my vitamins six days a week instead of seven to kind of give it a natural break. But, uh, and, and I think that's a good idea. Um, again, there's nothing to replace great eating uh, uh, habits and um, making sure your gut's okay. Um, it, it's all due to gut health, I think. A lot, at least your immune system is. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's good to take a, a break. Maybe do it six days a week. And right now, I wouldn't slack off on my DC or zinc for sure. It depends on, you know, if you're feeling great and you're out in the sun, it's not the winter time and you're not getting exposed to a lot of stuff, you can take a week off from your vitamins on your vacation. So you don't have to worry about gulping all your vitamins down on vacation. 
Uh, great question. Thank you for that, Jessica. Uh, hello, Dorada. Hope you are doing wonderful. Uh, Dorada asks, what is the recommended dosage of quercetin? Uh, anywhere from 500 to 1,000 milligrams a day. Uh, anywhere around that. All right. I'm just going to put this up here. We really appreciate uh, the the people listening to the podcast. So so I, I wanted Dr. Rogers to see that. So thank you for, for, for saying that, Nancy. That uh, means a lot to us. Um, let's see here. Thank you. Um, Jessica asked, does your practice see children? Um, I'll just, I'll let you answer that. Uh, yeah, we do. I usually, um, certainly anybody 12 or up, we treat, um, but yeah, I just don't see little kids and babies. Um, just, I think pediatricians are better, you know, kids are a little different, but, um, uh, so it's generally 12 or and up. We'll, we'll see. All right. Let's see here. And I, I think, I think you've, you've answered this, but this is a different way of asking it. Um, if you've had COVID and then get the vaccine would the natural immunity of immunity of COVID still be in effect or overridden by the vaccine? Man, that's a great question. That is, that's a really good question. Um, uh, I don't think your natural immunity is going to be overridden by the vaccine. I really don't, because like I say, it goes into your bone marrow and you got that good T cell immunity. It may be double good. I don't know. You know, um, uh, it seems like I've seen more people feel worse after they get the second vaccine if they've had COVID. But then again, I've had a lot of people who had COVID and they had the vaccines and they did fine with it. And they didn't feel a thing. So, um, so if you've already got the vaccine, you know, try not to worry about it. Just stay healthy. I mean, you know, don't lose, don't lose your vision and, and uh, think, oh, I'm doomed because I took the vaccine. Just use your common sense and, and keep yourself healthy. You know, um, we're going to be pushing a booster and, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that. But, um, uh, thank you we'll for see. thank we'll you for see. that question, Nancy. I was I was very very well well put. I I, I haven't heard that the question that way. So uh, so thank you for that, um, Katie, our operations manager. How are you? Thank you so much for being here. We've got a few of our of our team in here. I'm so glad when when the team hangs out with us. Um, Rachel, Rachel's over in Johnson City. Shout out to you. Hope you're doing wonderful. Uh, Terry, what's up, man? Hope you are wonderful. Uh, let's see here. We got a another ivermectin question. Good one. Uh, Cherry asks, "You said you take ivermectin weekly. Is this a prescription?" Yes, it is. It is. We prescribe it every day. Is, um, is there a way? It's just 15, 15 milligrams. It's a general dose for, and then uh, for treatment, I use a little different doses depending on weight, and we usually dose it uh, for five straight days, some, and then weekly, but. Uh, yeah, it, it is a prescription. You can't get this over the counter and you can get it. You could go down to tractor supply and get the cream that, that they put in the, in the mouse of animals. <laughs> I don't recommend that. You know, that's where it kind of got a bad name because you, know, you can't know how much you're getting. So please don't go to tractor supply and get it and start, you know, swallowing it. <laughs> call the office, you know, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that. Um, Actually, yeah. maybe I did, but I think we did a podcast where, where that was, that, where that was mentioned, I believe. Um, yeah. So th thank you for that question. The ivermectin is a... And don't take your dog's medicine either. You know. 
uh, Jessica has a has a great question, and and we actually did a um, an explain this episode uh, with Robin Riddle on adrenal fatigue that really does a, a good job of explaining what adrenal fatigue is and and how we look at it. Uh, but why don't you, Dr. Roger, just kind of talk a little bit about your thoughts on adrenal fatigue and, and, and how uh, we're treating it at Performance Medicine? You know, that's certainly something that um, a lot of people don't check is your adrenal glands. Those are the little glands that sit on top of your kidneys that put out a lot of, of hormones and mineral corticoids and you know, the one we address mostly is, is cortisol, the stress hormone. Um, it's a good hormone, except if it's chronically elevated, it can cause a lot of damage and it can interfere with your thyroid, interfere with your insulin resistance, and um, certainly cause a lot of chronic fatigue. It depends on if it's too high or too low, what time of the day it's high or low. That's why we usually do it. It's, it's not enough to just check if you're really having problems and we think you have adrenal fatigue, um, then you need a four point salivary, uh, or spit test where you measure the, uh, cortisol tissue levels of cortisol at different times during the day, eight, 12, five, and 10, mm -hmm. and then look at that curve. It should be high in the morning and low at night. Sometimes it's all bass backwards, but, um, and, a lot of times if it's too high, we use adrenal um, adaptogens like rhodiola, ashwagandha, ginseng, L-theanine, stress-reducing measures, and uh, better sleep patterns. Um, but if it's just flat line low all the time, you probably kind of, quote, burned your adrenals out, or just fatigued them. They don't respond well. So sometimes we have to use hydrocortisone, Cortef, um, you know, for periods of time. I have several patients that have to take it and uh, it seems to work pretty well. Um, and, and, and thank you for that. That's a, that's a great explanation. And, and Jessica, if you want to dive a bit deeper, uh, I think you're on Facebook, uh, head to our YouTube channel. There, there is a, a deep dive on that. Uh, I think it's episode three of, of um, Explain This. So, so definitely check that out. It's a great question. Thank you for that. Um, all right, let's get a few more in here, and then we're going to sign off, and we'll, uh, we'll take the, the rest uh, on next week's show. I think this is a really good one. Um, what do you recommend as a healthy, quick breakfast that doesn't spike insulin? Um, some mornings I'm not hungry and usually practice intermittent fasting. Um, again, the health is quick breakfast is no breakfast. Um, I, I, I do intermittent fasting every day. Um, I think your body works better when you're fasting. Again, remember, our bodies weren't made to graze. Our bodies were made to feast or famine. Uh, but if you, if you really have to have it, um, you know, I would, I would probably use um, a good protein shake that had some healthy fats in it. And if you tolerate eggs or dairy, then, you know, a, an egg, a boiled egg or something. But um, or maybe even some almonds. Uh, but uh, so if you do, do get hungry and you just have to do that, then I think that's a better option. Certainly just don't eat carbs like oatmeal or cereal or orange juice or fruit um, or any of that. You don't need quick carbs. Now, some people that are athletes or in the fitness are going to work right. out with weights in the morning. They may need a little something. 
you know, so everybody's different. It depends on your problem and your metabolism. A lot of people can tolerate carbs more than other people. Uh, certainly if you're overweight, it's hard to tolerate many carbs. Um, so get the numbers looked at, see how resistant you are to insulin. Do, do that. Um, if you saw my podcast from last week, mm -hmm. do a freestyle Libre. You know, you get a free two-week trial and put it on the back of your arm and you can monitor your glucose continuously. And a lot of times that'll answer what you should be eating and how, how you react to different carbs and different foods in general. So um, it's a great question. Though. It is great. Um, you oh. must work out a lot and need a little something. So, um, you know, I prefer you, unless you lift, sometimes it's hard to lift heavy weights and on an empty stomach. It's easier to do cardio. I love fasting cardio. But sometimes with the weights, the energy can sap pretty quickly. Uh, but remember, the first 20 to 30 minutes after a workout is when that uh, your own body, you eat something, insulin really puts it in the muscle. So, um, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. Let's, let's knock out one more one more question from from Carolyn because I think it's important. And then we're gonna we're gonna sign off here, guys. And if you put put any more questions, put them in the comments, uh, and we'll get you first up uh, next week. Uh, Tuesday nights at seven uh, is always our live Q and A time. Uh, Carolyn asks, "What would be a, the problem if a person gets constipated taking Digest Shield?" If that happens, it usually means they're not getting enough therapeutic massages. I think, <laughs> especially in the abdomen area, uh, or maybe they're not drinking enough water, or you know, taking enough fiber. But um, certainly, everybody's different. Um, so if you're taking two, you might want to go to one a day. You know, I find that a lot of times I just need one a day unless I'm going to have some kind of dairy. But um, think about, um, I mean, everybody reacts differently to anything. And any supplement or medication could cause a side effect in anybody. Um, so stop taking them. See if it gets better. Start again at maybe the dose of just one. Um, and then if it constipates you and you're eating fiber and drinking enough water, exercising, then you know, stop taking it and maybe try something else. But I'll tell you, I've gotten so many great reports. I wish I could have filmed some of them today on how Digest Shield had improved their lives and mm. digestion. Mm. Uh, just amazing. Uh, one person told me besides testosterone, that's the best thing they ever did was take Digest Shield. So, um, but use some of those ideas and, and don't forget about your moving, you know, keeping your body limber, you know, and getting that good, therapeutic massage you know and i think um, not a massage a medical massage that's what i emphasize and not a not a fluffy you know thing frou-frou massage you want a really a therapeutic medical massage remember that there you go carolyn agrees uh guys that is gonna do it for the live uh question and answer portion of our show um dr rogers man i appreciate your time tonight this was a thank you, Ben. It's been fun. This was a really, really good show, and um, and Lee, thank you for for being here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna put all this up on our on the podcast. It should stay up on YouTube. So uh, if you're getting here a little late, um, I, I'd encourage everybody to, to to listen to the first part of the show. A lot of great uh, information regarding just staying healthy, keeping your immune system strong. Uh, as this, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a rise in cases right now for, so for anybody that is uh, concerned, check out the start of this, uh, the start of this video. Uh, hopefully that offers a, a little bit of hope, 
But, uh, but man, we, we, we certainly do appreciate you guys. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, we love you guys. We're going to be back Tuesday at 7. Uh, if you do not receive our performance weekly, um, all of our videos go out on Tuesday. We send that directly to your email. You can sign, that, uh, sign up for that on performancemedicine.net. Uh, if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, it would make my mother very happy. Go do that right now. Uh, Performance Medicine, search for it on YouTube. Uh, you should find all of our videos up there. <laughs> guys, we love you. Um, we will see you guys next week. Uh, Dr. Rogers, thanks for the time, man. Ben, have a good night. We'll see right. you, we'll see see you, you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.